Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 10 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. So today is an extra special episode. I know I say that pretty much every episode, but if you're following through with the numbers of the episodes, today is episode 10. Uh, I mean, realistically, it's episode 11 because of the bonus episode we had, episode 5.5, but in terms of actual numbers... (laughs) Today is the 10th episode, and it's not really a huge milestone, but 10 episodes is 10 episodes. 10 is the closest, you know, the shortest milestone that I'm willing to celebrate. Um, And I just want to say thank you for, you know, your continued support in the podcast. Um, We're we're going. (laughs) I've already been doing this for five and a half months, almost six months. And I got to say, that's absolutely insane. Um, Soon it'll be a year, soon it'll be however long. And uh, for this episode, I have an extra special guest for you. Um, I'd like to welcome Pikachu himself. Pikachu, why don't you say hi? <laughs> yes. Yes, Pikachu. Hi. So everyone, uh, give a warm welcome for Pikachu, the actual Pikachu. It was, trust me, it was really hard to get him available, so I hope you appreciate his time here. How are you doing today, Pikachu? Pikachu! <laughs> it's good to hear. all right well i hope you guys are doing as good as pikachu today um unfortunately today as much as i'd like to have a lot to talk about uh we do have some important things to talk about but uh even though it is the you know big milestone 10 episodes we're not really going to have all that much to talk about though what we do talk about is going to be pretty cool uh because as you know there was a new just a new trailer dropped for lots of new pokemon stuff Uh, This was not what I had planned for this episode. I already had a topic planned, which I suppose we'll have to wait for next week. Um, But I can't take a break from talking about this today. There's absolutely no way. (laughs) Yeah, Pikachu. (laughs) Okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) I was going to have Pikachu be a recurring guest... Uh, for this episode, but I think he might interrupt me a little bit too much. Yeah, see. Uh, so, unfortunately, say, say goodbye to Pikachu. It's nice having you on today, Pikachu. Is there anything you'd like to say uh, before you go? <laughs> okay, thanks, Pikachu. It's nice having you. Okay, anyway, so... Uh, like I said, today's episode might be a little shorter. I, w- I wouldn't like it to be, uh, but just because we really don't have all that much to talk about, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, what we do have to talk about is insane. Uh, so we're going to start out with, of course, a little bit of uh, Pokemon Go news. It wouldn't be an episode of Extreme Evo Cast without something about Pokemon Go. Um, but the only thing I really have for you today is the fact that, honestly, very surprising... Uh, they're adding Armored Mewtwo to Pokemon Go, coming in raids, uh, which is something I did not expect. I don't think anybody expected. Uh, of course, it is a kind of like a promotional thing for the new Pokemon Evolution movie coming out, which is cool. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with Detective Pikachu, but I mean, I, don't, I guess it is the kind of same kind of thing. Like, you know, they, they, they had Pikachu hats before, so having a Detective Pikachu hat wasn't really out of the norm but seeing just like a completely new version of a pokemon coming out in pokemon go is pretty cool i mean me too um and before we continue on to the big 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 news uh there is something i would like to say there was a contest in the koro koro magazine now this is coming from cerebi directly a lot of the stuff today by the way is coming from cerebi directly so thank you so much to cerebi.net um, for giving me the information for this episode. Uh, it's just a very easy place to get the information. Hope they don't mind. Of course, uh, no, I wouldn't. I would be surprised if they did. But uh, it says right here, Back in April, Coral Coral ran a competition for the most powerful Steel-type move's name. And today they have announced the winner. Uh, the move, it is known by one of the new Pokemon we're going to talk about today. In Japan, it is uh, Exhaustive Beam or... Also, another rough translation is Do or Die. (laughs) Um, This name is a pun based on two different Japanese phrases, making the exact translation tricky. 
This move steel type is a special with 140 base power and will do a recoil of 50% of the user's HP. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, we don't really have that many steel type moves, so getting a new steel type move and having it be 140 base power is insane. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That sounds really cool. Um, but, of course, you all expected it. New Pokemon. Uh, let me find the right page here. New Pokemon. So, there was a bunch of Pokemon, new Pokemon, revealed in the new uh, trailer that was just released. Uh, Yamper has officially been released. I mean, it was technically released. Like, we knew it. We knew, we knew that it was in the game. It was officially released, though, in the trailer. Um, it is the puppy Pokemon. Of course, everything we already know about it, it's an electric-type Pokemon. It has the ball fetch ability. Uh, a few of its known moves have been revealed just because of the gameplay that was that it was in. But we have some brand, absolute brand-new Pokemon. There is Elcremi. Uh, is a fairy type Pokemon. It is the cream Pokemon. It is one foot tall. It is 1.1 pounds. And its ability is Sweet Veil. We'll be going over um, some of the abilities later. Um, but because just for the, the chance to stretch out time and because I'm interested in reading them myself, we're going to read out some of the um, Pokedex entries for these Pokemon. For uh, I'll, I'll say for Yamper. Yamper, it says, Yamper has a tendency to be drawn to things that are moving too quickly. It can chase after people and Pokemon or even go charging at vehicles. Yamper has an organ in its body that generates electricity, and this organ is activated when Yamper runs around. Yamper can't store the electricity it generates, so it is often seen running around with electric sparks crackling around it. Cool. Uh, and for Alcremi, it says, Alcremi can produce whipped cream, which becomes richer the happier Alcremi is feeling. Desserts made from its cream is invariably delicious, so many pastry chefs strive to have an Alcremi as their partner. When attacked by an opponent, Alcremi will throw sweet-scented cream to distract them or temporarily blind them, giving itself time to escape. This cream, the cream it uses for this purpose, is also, also also has an incredibly powerful soothing effect, and any opponent that tries to eat the cream will rapidly lose the will to battle. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, there was a new rock-type Pokemon, which is <laughs> Roly Coley. Uh, it is the coal Pokemon. It has the abilities Steam Engine and Heat Proof. It's a foot tall. Like, literally all of these Pokemon are a foot tall. Uh, Yamper, Alcremi, and Roly Coley. Um, it, it weighs 26 pounds, and it says... Its red eye can illuminate dark areas. Well, it uses the lump of coal attached to its body like a wheel to move through coal mines and caves. It seems to be able to travel smoothly even over rough terrain. Until about 100 years ago, every household in the Gala region had a roly-coly. The families would use the coal dropped off its body for cooking and heating their holes. homes. Even in the modern day, roly-coly is a very popular Pokemon to take for outdoor activities. Cool. <laughs> it's cute. It's a little, like, I don't know, roly Roly Coley. <laughs> its name is very, very akin to what it is. And of course, uh, the last Pokemon that we saw, uh, Darulodon, which is that new Steel-type Pokemon. Um, it says, uh, Darulodon, the metal composing its body is incredibly durable, but also surprisingly light. It only weighs about 88 pounds in total. Thanks to this, Darulodon can move quickly in spite of its appearance. A appearance. Its body is weak to corrosion, however, and is known to rust easily. Darulodon live in caves and mountainous areas. Their two arms have slight different shapes from each other, and they can use these to grind down rock surfaces for food. They share their natural habitat with Tyranitar, and these two Pokemon are often seen battling each other in the mountains of the Gala region. It makes sense. Uh, it, is, it is a Steel Dragon-type Pokemon. Um, have we had a Steel Dragon-type Pokemon yet? I don't think so. If it is, I apologize. If there is, I apologize. Uh, it is the Alloy Pokemon. It is the same height as me. It's 5'11", and uh, as it said, it is 88.2 pounds. And its two abilities are Light Metal and Heavy Metal. So what do I think about these new Pokemon? Cool. Very, very awesome. Uh, I love them a lot. I really like Roly-Coly. It's adorable. I, I want to use one on my team. <laughs> I want to have a Roly-Coly on my team. I want to know what it evolves into. It's adorable. It's a coal Pokemon. I, I love it. Um, Yamper, of course, adorable. Who doesn't like Yamper? It's a dog. Everybody likes a dog Pokemon. And then, uh, Darulodon is 
cool. Very, very cool. Really, really cool design. It's interesting. It looks like a gun. It literally looks like a gun. <laughs> and uh, in the animation that we saw in the... Uh, in the new trailer, it like it, it was shown like shooting something from its the top of its body. It's really weird. It's really really cool though. Um, it looks like it could be a pseudo legendary, but I don't know. Uh, given the fact that it's dragon type, most pseudo legendaries are dragon types. Um, this could be the final evolution of a pseudo legendary Pokemon uh, line. I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, it might just be like a Dredigan kind of like single evolution thing. Um, there is, and of course, Alcremi. I really like Alcremi. A lot of people really like Alcremi. It's adorable. It's cream Pokemon. Reminds me of, uh, Slurpuff and Swirlix, you know, kind of like the food, creamy, fairy type, uh, design going on there. And next on the list of new things, there is something that I don't think anybody was expecting. Uh, you know, Dynamaxing? Well, uh, there are new forms that come with Dynamaxing. There is Gigantamax forms. <laughs> Gigantamax forms are a variant of Pokemon that occur while the Pokemon has activated Dynamax, but only, but only on special occasions when these Pokemon are caught in max raid battles. These changes are mostly appearance-based, but do come in various changes. Each gains access to a special G-move, which is what we're going to be talking about. So, um... Let's discuss the new uh, Gigantamax forms. Alcremi has a Gigantamax form. That is a mouthful and a half. Um, uh, it is 98 feet tall. I think that uh, that takes the cake, <laughs> no pun intended, for uh, the tallest and biggest Pokemon, as we know right now. 90, almost 100 feet tall. That's ridiculous. Uh, its ability stays the same. Its weight is who knows. Literally, it doesn't say. Who knows what it's saying. Um, it says, The cream pouring out of its body hardens when subjects to impacts. The stronger the impact, the harder it becomes. This gives Alcremi a truly impressive resistance to physical attacks. Additionally, the giant berry decorations on Alcremi's body are as hard as diamonds, but it's said that most attacks won't even... And it's said that most attacks won't even be able to leave a scratch. Alcremi will launch high-calorie cream missiles around itself to attack its opponents. Any Pokemon that touches the screen will be filled with energy and euphoria, but at the same time will fall into a state of complete confusion. Uh, it gets a new move, which is G-Max Finale. Fairy-type moves used by Gigantamax Alcremi will change into G-Max Finale. G-Max Finale will heal all Pokemon on, on Alcremi's side while dealing damage to an opponent. So yeah, it's a huge cake <laughs> i love it uh there's a lot of cool decorations on it there's like stars flowers and even like a little bow with a a four-leaf clover in the middle it's cute it's really cool this was not what i was expecting at all like did anyone expect this it's like hey you like you get you like dynamax pokemon well here's even bigger pokemon it's like i knew they were going to add something with mega evolution well something with another form you know what i mean like or like another special ability that could be used once per battle like for example mega evolution and um z moves and stuff and of course dynamax was the thing but i didn't expect them to add more <laughs> um there is okay so there is a new gigantamax form for corviknight it says uh becomes f 45 feet tall gigantamax Corviknight uses its massive wings to catch up updrafts created by gigantic, Gigantamax energy to hover in the air while it battles. The armor on its body has been reinforced, so attacks from Pokemon on the ground barely have any effect on it. Gigantamax energy has caused the armor covering Cor Corviknight's wing to separate and become blade birds, capable of flying independently. Corviknight launches these blade birds at the target, which using them to slash the opponents. And its G move is G Max Wind Rage. <laughs> Flying type moves used by Gigantamax Corviknight will, will change to G Max Wind Rage. G Max Wind Rage deals damage to an opponent, but that's not all. It'll also remove any effects of moves like Reflect, Light Screen, Spikes, and Electric Terrain that the opponents may have. So, it's a terrain remover, which will probably come in handy when it comes to competitive Pokemon and, uh, you know, stuff like that because who you know everyone knows entry hazards are excuse my language a bitch <laughs> um and there is let's say i lost a page okay last but not least there is uh gigantamax dreadnought which is awesome uh it is 78 feet tall 
it ha it says Gigantamax Dreadnought. The power of Gigantamaxing has allowed it to stand in its hind legs and become bipedal. From its standing position, it can come crashing down on the opposing Pokemon and crush them with its massive body. Dreadnought normally keeps its neck retracted within its shell, but when it attacks, it can rapidly shoot its neck out. Its jaws are also incredibly strong, capable of easily biting through huge metal towers. <coughs> Derulagon. The strength of its jaws combined with the force of its neck gives Dreadnought the power to punch a hole through a rocky mountain in a single strike. Okay, uh, Stone Surge. Water-type G-Max Stone Surge. Water-type moves used by Gigantamax Dreadnought will change into G-Max Stone Surge. G-Max Stone Surge doesn't just deal damage to an opponent. It will scatter sharp rocks around the opponent and cause a Pokemon entering the battlefield to take damage. So it's essentially like a damage-dealing move, and it also uses, the you know, it does a stealth rock. So I just want to say, I want to talk a little bit about my opinion about these new things and, like, the Gigantamaxing and stuff. Like, this is insane. <laughs> Like, Pokemon becoming over 70 feet tall, almost 100 feet tall, and being able to break through mountains and stuff, that's insane. If you told this to somebody who is just starting out in, like, even in, like, Gen 3, they would go insane. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I love it, though. They really upped up the big factor when it comes to these new uh, new things like it seems like every game since x and y they've just been adding more and more things that are just like like capable of destroying the entire world with these pokemon they're really really showing how scary pokemon can be like for example you know in mega evolution like yeah pokemon become even stronger and then with z moves it's like there was absolutely insane things with like the animations and all of the crazy stuff like you know, all of the insane moves that, that Pokemon were using with Z-moves, and now there's just Pokemon that are over 70 feet tall that are capable of destroying entire mountains with Gigantamax. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, I know they don't technically, like, get any bigger. You know, Gigantamaxing isn't, like, an added thing on Dynamax. It's just certain Pokemon um, get forms when they're dynamaxed it's kind of like how certain pokemon get mega evolutions uh it's essentially like every pokemon has a mega evolution but certain pokemon or like every pokemon has the ability to dynamax but certain pokemon have mega evolution-esque forms that they go through when they when they dynamax you know what i mean uh it's almost you know what i mean it's like if every pokemon could mega evolve but instead of actually mega evolving most pokemon just got stronger and then the pokemon that do actually also have mega forms turned into those mega forms does that make sense like got new abilities and new things and all that stuff new moves and all that kind of stuff so gigantamaxing am i excited about it yes i'm excited to see what other pokemon uh, what other pokemon get gigantamaxing forms uh i think they're awesome i think they're insane but they're cool <laughs> i don't really know how to feel like i i like them but i also it's just it's just insane like dynamaxing and gigantamaxing is insane i i'm still trying to wrap my head around the concept it feels like a fever dream the fact that pokemon could be hundreds of feet tall with this new dynamaxing form like it feels like if this was a thing it, it almost makes the world hard to believe and like i mean that in sort of a negative way and like i'm trying hard to not be negative and stuff but like it feels surreal when it comes to Pokemon. It feels like it's like it should be like at the end they're like, huh, Dynamaxing has just been like your imagination all along. You know what I mean? Like it's the power of friendship that makes your Pokemon quote unquote huge and, and powerful. But like, no, these Pokemon are actually just getting absolutely huge and <laughs> doing whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like it just seems like. Like, it's almost a little bit too much, but that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? Okay, like I said, uh, this episode is going to be somewhat shorter, so we're going to take a early random Pokemon of the week for this week. Of course, random Pokemon of the week, you know it well. It's the segment where we go through a random Pokemon every episode and talk about it. Uh, hoping to talk about every single Pokemon eventually. <laughs> uh, this Pokemon... Uh, just a little bit of a an idea of what, we're, what what to expect for the rest of the episode. We're going to go through Ren and Pokemon of the Week. Uh, we're going to go through a little bit more of the new stuff and a little bit of theory crafting in terms of some of the new things. And then we're going to do uh, Move Tutor 
as always. Um, and then we'll end the episode. Uh, like I said, today's episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter um, than normal, but that's okay. It's just because I didn't really want to include this, all this new stuff and all these new things as well as a new, as well as like a, a topic that I wanted to talk about because I feel like if I had something I wanted to talk about, I either wouldn't get to talk about it as much as I wanted to, or I would talk about it too much and not get to talk about the new stuff as much as I want to. So, uh, you'll have to excuse me for having a sort of a shorter episode, but when it comes to the new news, we didn't really get all that much. So, uh, and I wanted to focus on one episode for just the new stuff. Consider it, you know, uh, it's, it's a episode 10 gift, but it was kind of inevitable because of the new stuff. Like I said, I didn't want to put off the new stuff until two weeks from now. That would have been, the hype would have died down pretty much. Uh, and I want to talk about my feelings about them as soon as they happen. So this episode's random Pokemon of the week is, uh, Rhyperior. Rhyperior is a ground rock type Pokemon introduced in generation four. It is number 464. It is a, it is the drill Pokemon. Uh, it evolves from Rhydon when trading, holding a protector. It has Lightning Rod, Solid Rock, and Reckless as its hidden ability. Uh, gender ratio is 50-50. Um, it is 7 feet 10 inches and weighs 623 pounds. Uh, Rhyperior is, of course, one of the Sinnoh... Uh, the Sinnoh editions, where they added a bunch of new evolutions for either Gen 1 or uh, later Pokemon, you know, where they did, like, Magmortar, Electrovire, Tangrowth, Licky Licky, Rhyperior, Magnezone, all the, uh, you know, Porygon Z, all those Pokemon that were introduced in Sinnoh that got new evolutions, which, I gotta say, I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here before we continue talking about Mr. Rhyperior here. Um, I almost miss when they did that. Because they did it in, they did it in Gen Two. Obviously, um, they added more evolutions and more pre-evolutions for Pokemon. They did it in Gen Four with, uh, they added more pre-evolutions and evolutions for Pokemon. And then in Gen Six, we expected it, but they never did. They they didn't add. They added Mega evolutions, but they didn't add new evolutions to new to, to older Pokemon. And I wish that they would do that. Um, you know, they they've gone through the kind of the pattern of in gen six and onward adding less and less pokemon as time goes on because then obviously in x and y we only got like 60 new pokemon as opposed to the normal like 100 150 uh but in turn they gave us uh older pokemon that you could catch in the game and with sun and moon they even added less pokemon they added a little bit more than x and y but they still added less pokemon than normal uh, which I thought was interesting. They didn't really, it never really felt like they added any new huge groups of Pokemon after Gen uh, Gen 5. And I almost wish that they would just add a bunch of new evolutions for Pokemon. I know it's probably harder than it looks, and I know it probably, it probably has something to do with their business strategy and what they do, what they want and what they don't want from, from Pokemon, certain Pokemon. But I think that maybe adding some newer evolutions to maybe like gen 2 gen 3 maybe even gen 4 pokemon would be awesome maybe even some gen 1 pokemon who knows um i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to getting some new evolutions for gen 1 pokemon um it, it just seems weird that they haven't done that ever since gen 4 i mean that was 11 12 years ago you know what i mean like they haven't added a new evolution for pokemon they've added new forms they've added new mega evolutions all that kind of stuff but they've never added new evolutions for Pokemon in a long, long, long time. And whenever I think of, whenever I see Rhyperior, Licky Licky, Tangrowth, Magmortar, Electrovire, I, I miss it. You know, I, I get a little bit of sadness in my heart <laughs> for the, for, for the fact that they haven't added any more new evolutions for Pokemon. But, uh, anyway, uh, Rhyperior, let's look at its shiny form. Of course, we go through the shiny form every episode and we rate it. I actually totally forgot what Shiny Rhyperior looks like, and I gotta say, it's pretty darn nice. <laughs> um, I think that in general, I'm gonna be honest, I think that in general Rhyperior looks really goofy. I think that it's one of the goofiest looking Pokemon out there. It's literally, like, it's. Li I know it's literally just Rhydon, but with, like, the, the, like, the protector and, like, the plate kind of like put across its whole body with a few extra appendages added but like 
And I appreciate that its tail is like a wrecking ball, and then it like apparently it like shoots rocks from its hands because it has the the signature move rock wrecker or whatever uh, it's called. Yeah, rock wrecker I think, which it learns at level sixty nine by the way. Um, like it just looks so goofy, man. Like if you haven't taken a good look at Rhyperior, please look up Rhyperior right now and look at it. Just it looks it looks like it has a bad haircut. <laughs> and like it's so chunky and like it's big old eyebrows and it's big old arms. They just look so f- silly and goofy. But you know, I'm not here to rate a Pokemon's appearance. I'm here to rate a shiny. It's shiny. Um it's shiny Okay, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. Uh, if this if this ever happens in a later episode, uh, I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call upon it and I'll say this. This might be a recurring thing. I don't know, but this is certainly the first time that I've that I've mentioned it in Generation six when they went through and imported all the Pokemon to 3D with the 3D models that they would continue to use for the rest of the, the rest of the games. They changed a few shinies. Um, they made a few shinies look different. I mean, obviously, it's different when it comes to Pokemon that were introduced in Generation 1. Generation 2, of course, their shinies are going to change. But uh, Rhyperior's shiny was was stable upon, you know, in Diamond and Pearl and Black and White. It's It's got the very light yellow protectors, and its skin becomes a like a light gray, which honestly looks amazing. <laughs> I absolutely adore the shiny. Nine out of ten. I, you know, I'm I'm holding myself to it. That is a solid nine out of ten. I love Rhyperior shiny, but in X and Y and 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 onwards, um, they they changed it. They they turned the very very light gray into like a kind of a darker gray, almost like a beige, and then they took the the very like pale yellow that was on the protectors. And they turned it into a, a like a gold, and I don't think it, it it looks cool, but it doesn't work as well as as it did before. Cause it almost looks like you know how when certain Pokemon get shinies, uh, sometimes like the accent color on them, uh, it just changes. Maybe the skin color, like the main color, changes a little little bit, uh, and the accent color just turns a different color. That's how I feel. That's what I feel like they did with this one. It's like the the skin color isn't as big of a difference. When it comes to the change, um, it almost looks like the same color, a little bit different, obviously, but like it, you know, it's very similar. And then the gold—it looks like they just like shifted the hue up from the orange normally to the the gold. And like it doesn't look bad, but it's a seven out of ten. It's it's two places lower, and I think it's also partly to blame because of the fact that they also changed Rhyperior's colors in its normal form. Um, in Diamond and Pearl, Black and White, actually, it seems like in Black and White, they even made it darker. Its skin color was a very dark gray, almost like a blue. It it, it looked really good. And then compared to the shiny that it is now, or that it was, with the very, very pale light gray, almost a beigey skin, with the very pale yellow protectors, they contrast really, really nicely. But then, in X and Y, they made it... They made its skin... Uh, lighter and more of just like a pale gray, more of just like a gray, and I think that it it just doesn't compare as well. Like if you're not if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on Bulbapedia or go look at Rhyperior sprites and look at its black and white shinies and black and white sprites to its X and Y sprites and X and Y shinies. It just it, it looks like they're more simplified, and it looks like they're like it's not necessarily a bad thing. I just don't think they look as good. I think that the black and white shinies. And the black and white normal colors just look better. They look darker. They look they pop out to your eyes way more. And the X and Y ones just look like they kind of doled it down a little bit. And you know it's not horrible, but it's it's a little bit bad. <laughs> That's why I rated it two places lower. So pre X and Y Rhyperior shiny nine out of ten. X and Y shiny and after seven out of ten. Not as good, but. Still good. I like I like what they were going for. I like the design. I like the gray. I'm I'm a sucker for for gray, light gray, and then the yellow is nice. Okay, and of course we're gonna continue on and go to the Smogon page for Rhyperior. We have a big entry for you today, so I hope you're ready to listen <laughs> to me talk. Um, so Rhyperior, of course, is a ground rock. Um, he is in the tier rarely used, which is one. 
above never used, I believe, um, and or one above uh, PU, the worst tier. So it's the second worst tier. Um, Rhyperior has an HP of 115, one, attack of 140, a defense of 130, a special attack and special defense of 55, and a speed of 40. So this is written by Cryogyro. Says Rhyperior's combination of physical bulk, useful resistances, and offensive presence lets it be an effective stealth rock setter on offensive teams. A rock slash ground type makes for some fierce of stab combination that enables it to threaten one of the most common stealth rock setters in Registeel, and force a decent number of switches, especially if offing to wall break with his choice band set. Said typing also provides some great resistances to fire, flying, and rock, making Rhyperior a good check for the likes of Salazzle, Noivern, and Choice Scarf Tyrantrum. Solid Rock somewhat makes up for Rhyperior's many weaknesses by letting it take a super effective hit from threats like Nidoqueen and plus one Zygarde ten percent to KO back. However, it's easily forced out by common Pokemon like Milotic and Shaman, which can be vexing for offensive teams to switch into. A lack of recovery outside of leftovers and pathetic speed make Rhyperior easy for strong attackers to pick off mid or late game so it seems like a very beginning of the game set pokemon with good uh types good offensive abilities and also stealth rock so it's uh recommended move set is stealth rock earthquake rock blast slash megahorn and toxic slash swords dance um leftovers is the item ability is solid rock which uh pokemon receives three quarters of the damage from super effective attacks which is really good its nature is adamant, and it has 248 HP EVs, 16 attack EVs, and 244 special defense EVs. So we're going to go back to talking about the new things that were um, revealed. So there are some version-exclusive Pokemon uh, and other version-exclusive things in the new games which have been revealed to us. So the Pokemon that you can get... Um, that are that we know that our regional variants are the pseudo legendaries that are in the game. Um, in Pokemon Sword, you can get the Dino line and the Jangmo line, and in Pokemon Shield, you can get the Larvitar line and the Gumi line. As well as in uh, Pokemon Sword, you can fight the Fighting type gym leader B, and in Pokemon Shield, you can fight the Ghost type gym leader Alistair the new uh, gym leaders that were just revealed. So uh, the um, the version exclusives are like more than just Pokemon. They're now there's now trainer exclusive, gym leader exclusives in uh, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is good. Um, I'm happy because I'm getting both of the games, so I don't really have to choose. I can just you know get both of them so it's a different experience which i'm appreciating i hope they do more version exclusive things in, in in both of the games honestly and i mean that like i think that the biggest thing between uh pokemon games is i think they should have more version exclusive things maybe not pokemon but things okay we are going to talk about the new pokemon abilities uh, i mentioned a little bit earlier that we would go talk about them so of course uh yamper we already know Yamper's new ability. Yamper uh, ability is Ball Fetch. It says if the Pokemon is not holding an item, it will fetch the Pokeball from the first failed throw of the battle. We already know about that. But uh, Gossiflor and Eldegoss have a new ability, which I honestly think is probably one of the best abilities so far. It says lowers the speed of a Pokemon that attacks this Pokemon. I assume it's just going to be an opposite version of Speed Boost, where if you attack a Pokemon physically, it lowers your speed. <laughs> Simple as that. And honestly, with simplicity, that sounds amazing. That actually sounds like possibly one of the best abilities in the game, and I'm, I'm standing with that. If Sword and Shield becomes very popular competitively, which I have no doubt that it will... Uh, or at least the Pokemon that are in it will, um, you know, once the new Pokemon games come out, if they continue with the with the the Pokedex limitations, I think that Eldegoss will be a great addition. I really do, be just because of that ability. Or if other Pokemon have that ability, maybe Whimsicott will get that ability. Who knows? And then uh, Roly Coley's new ability is Steam Engine, which says drastically increases its speed when hit by a Fire type or Water type attack. And honestly, that's pretty good. So if you uh, manage to survive an attack as Roly Coley, <clears throat> excuse me, survive a super effective water type attack, 
you're going to get that speed boost. And even if you somehow get hit by a, uh, a fire type move as uh, Early Coley, you can still you can still uh, get that good speed boost, which is nice, which is really, really good. Okay, we're going to talk about the new characters. This is what I really, really wanted to talk about. Uh, the new characters that were added. So there were... Um, obviously, there was... B and Alistair, the new fighting type and ghost type version, ghost type, uh, sorry, gym leaders respectively. I love their designs. Um, I think that they are really, really well designed. <laughs> I'm excited to fight them. And I noticed actually in the picture for B, um, she's holding a ultra ball, which is interesting, which means that she's probably going to be a later gym leader. And I assume if they're version exclusives, then Alistair will be her counterpart. So, um, he'll probably, or I, I, do we know the gender of Alistair? <clears throat> I assume Alistair is a boy, but I'm not sure. Alistair is a boy name generally, but I'm, I'm not sure. Actually, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell, obviously, because of the mask, um, which I really like, by the way. The shy guy-looking gym, new gym leader. Really, really cool. But yeah, B is holding a Ultra Ball, which means that the them two, if they are respective counterparts of each other, means that they're probably going to be later game uh, gym leaders because of the fact that they have Ultra Balls, and you don't usually get those or see those until later in the game, obviously. Um, there are some more new trainers which are aha uh -huh, okay there is chairman rose who is like he, he he seems to like he's he's the chairman of the geller pokemon league so he's like the the man behind the gyms he's the man behind the pokemon league the elite four most likely so he seems to be like the big the big boy <laughs> in all of this and i have uh just Going with the with the nature of, you know, how video game characters are usually handled, it seems like he might not be as good as we think he is. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying that he's like, you know, maybe he's like the leader of the evil team. I'm not going to make any assumptions. That would be cool. That would be a little bit cliche, but in a way it would also be pretty endearing. I think that it would be cool. If he was in, if he ends up being like the big bad evil guy, you know, the big bad boss, <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, in a lesser sense, Giovanni, considering Giovanni was like a gym leader, you know what I mean? But like, he runs everything. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Lysander from X and Y. You know, he was kind of like really big, popular around the region, but he is obviously the, the, the leader of Team Flare. And it seems like Chairman Rose might have uh, the same kind of deal going on. I'm not going to lie. He's, he, he has that vibe to him. He, he has that vibe that maybe there's not, maybe there's a lot under there that we haven't seen yet. And, of course, kind of supporting that idea is Oleana, the new um, vice president. She's the secretary of Chairman Rose, and she also looks like she could be a potential villain. I don't know. The two of them just have a very villain-esque vibe to them. I can't explain it. I... I have this feeling. <laughs> I have the same feeling that I get when I look at, like, Lysander. I, I don't know. They look not very good. <laughs> they look like they might be uh, brewing up some trouble. They, they're main, you know, they're obviously very prominent characters. They look like they're up to no good. Maybe I'm judging a book by its cover. Maybe they... Because we already know who the champion is, right? And, like, you know, obviously... So, like, he's not the champion. He's, like, the the leader of the of everything you know what i mean and usually in common tropes in storytelling usually that guy maybe ends up not being so good <laughs> and with how un you know un uh, enthusiastic oleana looks it, okay it's reminding me of it's the, the exact situation that i'm reminded of is if you have ever played paper mario and thousand year door chapter three in glitzville with um you know, what was his name? Like, Glubba or something. I forget his name. Like, the big the big dude that was that was running the whole... The whole thing. You know, spoilers for Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door in a Pokemon podcast. I'm sorry. But he ends up being the big bad guy that you fight at the end. The big bad boss that you end up uh, beating at the end. And his secretary, I for also forget her name, 
ends up being ends up helping you ends up kind of like rebelling against him you know what i mean and i i i have that vibe from them and i think that might be what their whole deal is um Nintendo tends to repeat tropes like that, and I think that that would be really interesting if it was the case. I'm that that's exactly the basis that I'm that I'm running it on is literally Chapter Three from Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. But I could, of course, I could be wrong. I'm probably gonna be wrong, but like, I don't know. That's uh, that's the vibe I'm getting from them. That's what I think about them, <laughs> honestly. That's um, you know, that's that's what what I think is gonna happen with those two. But I could be wrong, like I said. So how do I feel about the new stuff that was revealed in general? I'm looking through my, my tabs here, and it seems like we've talked about everything that I wanted to t- wanted to talk about in this um in uh in the new information that was revealed. Again, I'm sorry. I know this episode is really short, only like probably going to be like 45 minutes, um, but um I I like it. I like I was surprised by the fact that they kind of just did it. You know what I mean? They just like they just did it. <laughs> they just gave it to us. They didn't reveal it in a direct. They didn't say anything beforehand. They just kind of revealed it. I woke up that morning at like eleven o'clock a.m. and I'm like, "Oh shit! Like oh oh man, <laughs> is here." <laughs> They've released new Pokemon stuff. I was like overwhelmed when I woke up because I'm like, "Oh man, they just released new Pokemon stuff." Like, what did I miss when I was asleep? You know, there was no telling of this beforehand, so it was a little bit out of the blue. But, hey, I'm not complaining. I love the new stuff. I love the um, Gigantamaxing. I love the new characters. I love the new Pokemon. I'm excited. And also something else I wanted to talk about quickly. Um, talking briefly about what I said about the regional de- the regional text last episode and how people are how people are reacting to Pokemon Sword and Shield as a whole and how negative the reaction has been. Um, I just want to say... I think we should be patient. I think that we should be more understanding and more have an open heart with this kind of thing because people have already pointed out that from the last trailer to this trailer, we've, I'm going to go on a little bit of rant here, but we've gotten more, we've gotten, they've, they've updated things. They've made, they changed the backgrounds. They've made things looking crisper. They've made things, they've made things better already. It's been only like a month and they've already improved on things. And like, I saw a tweet today that really summed up how I feel about people, the whole debacle about people not really, uh, being too impressed with Sword and Shield right now. It's in development still. Um, you can't really complain about a game that's still in development. <laughs> you know, they're working on it. It's obviously it's not going to be finished. Uh, you know, when when they release a trailer, of course, it is a few months away, and I can understand people's anxiety about it. But maybe who knows? You don't know really what's going on in Game Freak. Maybe they were rushed to get it a trailer. Maybe they had to use an o- earlier version of the game. Uh, maybe they were really focusing on the game mechanics first and the visuals very, very last. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're going to update everything and it's going to look beautiful by the time it comes out. The game already looks beautiful. Um, I saw people comparing a picture of a tree from Sword and Shield and a tree from Breath of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And the only thing I want to say about that is that, like, they're different games, you know? Breath of the Wild is already finished. It's out. It's a full-fledged game. Sword and Shield is still in development. We don't know what's going to happen with this with this game. Yeah, it's a little bit weird to see an unfinished unfinished visuals to that degree in an official trailer from Nintendo. But they're just a game company like any other. There's different people working on Breath of the Wild than there is people working on Sword and Shield. It's a totally it's almost a different game company. It is a different game company on working on a Nintendo. And I don't I, I'm not upset at what how we're looking right now. I think the game looks beautiful. I'm not worried. Okay, that's a lie. I'm a little bit worried. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit worried, and that's unlike me. And I think that does say something about how things are going right now, but I think that we should have hope, and I really think that we need to have a positive outlook on how the game is looking so far, uh, how far in development they are, how far they have left to go, and I think that they have lots of time to make things look better and increase the, and even if things come out exactly how they're looking right now, I'm not going to be upset. I can understand why people are upset, but I'm personally not going to be upset. I think the game already looks beautiful. Um, I think that let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu looked beautiful. 
the game looked amazing. And even if Sword and Shield looked like that, I would still be happy. Um, I can understand, like, but it looks better than Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. You know? Like, so I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm happy. I think that we should give them time. I think that we should be hopeful. And uh, But I do, I'm not completely throwing people's uh, you know worry and anxiety out of the water. I think it's understandable. But I think that we should be we should we should be we should look at it with an open heart and have hope in Game Freak because have you know has Game Freak really disappointed us that much before? I mean, come on, it's Game Freak, it's Pokemon. Even if the game doesn't turn out exactly how we want, it's gonna be a good game. It's Pokemon. They always make good games, you know. And I know that's a little bit too hopeful, but I think it's a good mess. I think it's a good thing to stand by. Okay, and for the last uh, little section here, tying up everything together, we're going to go through uh, everybody's second favorite segment of Extreme EvoCast, which is Move Tutor, uh, the segment where we go through a random move in Pokemon and we talk about it. I need to come up with something else, something a little more creative to coin that uh, <laughs> that that segment, but we'll figure it out in the future. We've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of a lot of episodes and a lot of moves to go before, so I have a lot of time to think about that. So, um, today's special move is—it's a move. It's technically it is a move, but it's a Z move. Uh, it is Continental Crush, <laughs> which is the Rock type Z move introduced in Generation Seven. Obviously, um, its Japanese name is World's End Fall, and this was this was actually what I was alluding to when I was talking about Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing and how insane it is. I didn't want to mention it because this is what we're going to be talking about later, but I think that, like, a move like Continental Crush, like, in Gen 1, it was so different, and now we, like, even in, in, in Sun and Moon, we have a move where you literally take a gigantic boulder and you crush them. Like, that's insane, but you already know how I feel about that. Okay, so, um, Continental Crush... Uh, inflicts damage. Its power is whether it is a special or and whether it is a special or physical move depends on which move it is based on. Like every other, um, you know, every other uh, Z move. If Breakneck Blitz is used during a sandstorm with Weather Ball as its base move, Breakneck Blitz. Why is Breakneck? Oh, it will turn into Continental Crush. So if you have, oh, that's actually interesting. So if you use the normal Z move, Breakneck Blitz. And it is used during a sandstorm with Weather Ball as its base move, which turns into the rock type. Weather Ball turns into rock type. It'll turn into Continental Crush. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, okay, so the um, description says the user summons a huge rock mountain using its Z power and drops it into the target with full force. The power varies depending on the original move. Um, not much I really have to say about Continental Crush. I can't really say any kind of information about it because it's you know its move is based on <laughs> its move is based on other moves uh, i guess we can go through uh what moves are what moves turn into continental crush when used uh those moves are uh cell rock ancient power diamond storm head smash power gem rock blast rock slide rock throw rock tomb rock wrecker roll out smackdown stone edge and weather ball used in a sandstorm that's it. <laughs> that's essentially it. Uh, that's really. That's that's really it about the Continental Crush. Uh, I assume the Z moves will be similar. Um, I mean, I'll probably have an entire episode where I talk about Z moves, so I'm not gonna go into it too much now. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that uh, that wraps up move move tutor for today. And with that, I'm going to end the episode. I'm sorry this episode was a little bit more news-heavy, a little bit more of like a review other than a personal kind of look on things. Um, I hope you still enjoyed it, though. I like having the balance, sometimes having a very personal experience-centric uh, episode like last episode, and focusing on, you know, news. I I'm not going to give up the opportunity to talk about the new stuff that was just released, so... Whenever stuff like this is released, you can expect me to talk about it. It's as simple as that. And any other episode will be whatever else we talk about on this show. Um, so I just want to say thank you all so much for supporting me. Uh, we're at 10 episodes, technically 11, but you know, and this is the 10th episode. But thank you guys so much. Um, while we have a small audience right now, I still very much appreciate everybody who listens, everybody who enjoys, everybody who, who just, you know, silently 
supports my 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 stuff. Uh, if you want, you can follow me and ex- uh, on twittercom extremeevocast uh, to get updates on when episodes are released, and me, I'll sometimes reblog stuff that are there to retweet stuff that I think are important for the episode, like news updates, very important things. Uh, maybe sometimes things I mentioned on the episode that I'm not necessarily I can't necessarily find at the moment, and I'll retweet it, and I'll and I'll you know so you can look at it then. I'll mention in the episode. Oh, I'll retweet it. So by the time this episode comes out, you can go check the Twitter and you can see it. So follow uh, Extreme Evilcast on Twitter and also follow my personal Twitter. Uh, at Lucian, I post my art, I post my streams, my YouTube videos, all that stuff. I also, it's also more of a personal account, um, but that's basically my hub for everything. If you want to stay tuned with all of the stuff that I create, I also have a YouTube channel, a Twitch. All of them are just Lilysion. You can check them out. Um, thank you. Like I said, thank you all so much for this milestone. I know it's not a big one, but it's, it's still that, <laughs> you know, it's still that. And let's hope that we can get to a hundred one day, maybe even higher than that. <laughs> I hope so. At least that's what I plan. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I will catch you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>